It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 11th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll do sort of our first half recap. I'll name my second quarter MVP. Also happens to be the first half MVP, so we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm sure you can guess who it is. And then I'll ask, I'll begin to pose um, some of the questions that I have for the Orlando Magic in the third quarter of the season for the next 20 games or so. Some big, big questions for the whole organization, not just the team on the court. Some big questions for the whole organization in the next 20 games or so. Yes, believe it or not, we'll probably start talking very heavily about the trade deadline here in the coming week or so. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by, by going on to iTunes and searching for Locked On and a team you are looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Want to get a leg up on Saturday's game against the Boston Celtics? Check out Locked On Celtics. John Corrales and Jay King do a fantastic job covering the team. One of my favorite Locked On podcasts. You can also check out Locked On Rockets. I know we've, we've done some work with them as well to get ready for Sunday's big showdown against James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Locked On Podcast Network it covers every NBA team, NFL with the playoffs in tow, MLB, and college too. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. Just search on iTunes or Google for Locked On and the team you are looking for. First, some basic stats. The Orlando Magic this year, at the midpoint of the season, with a little bit of a nice deep breath here, a couple days off before they play that that home-and-home back-to-back against Houston and Boston, the Magic are 17-24 here at the midpoint of the season. That is a five-game improvement 
from last year. Already, we can say that that they're improved. Their 17 wins puts them 23rd in the league, so no, they're not doing great there. Offensive rating is, of course, 28th in the league. Only the Hawks and Bulls trail them. Defensive rating is uh, sitting at 13th right now, so the Magic actually an above-average defensive team. Crazy to think. Their net rating, though, overall puts them 25th in the league at minus 4.3 points per 100 possessions. With all of that said, the Magic are only two and a half games out of the final playoff spot. Last year at this point, again, five games worse, 12, 12 and 39, 12 and 29, whatever it is. I can't add today. At this point last year, the Magic were nine and a half games out of the final playoff spot. So, the picture I'm trying to paint here is A, yes, this Magic team has struggled. They are, you know, you look at the net rating standings, they are on the fringe of playoff contention, but well above the worst teams in the league. They're kind of in their own little tier so to speak. Uh, the, the Knicks, or the Hawks, for instance, 26th in the league in net rating, are minus 7.6. The Wizards, 24th in the league in net rating, are minus 3.4. The Magic actually still ahead of the Wizards in the standings. If things keep going the way they are, I don't anticipate that will stay that way. But regardless of any of that, the Magic statistical profile would tell you that this is a team on the fringe. You know, not... Not tanking, not not among the worst teams in the league, but not really a team that you should put some stock into. Yet, as I'll continue to, to mention until it's no longer true, they are a mere two and a half games out of the final playoff spot in the East. This Eastern Conference is extremely forgiving. And so Orlando has had its struggles on, on both offense and defense despite the encouraging defensive numbers certainly on offense, but they still have something to play for. And after six years in the wilderness here, let's not take that for granted. During this rebuild, only once has the team had something to play for this deep into the season. That was, of course, 2016, when Scott Skiles was the head coach, the Magic would go on to win 35 games. They were 20-21 and 21 and two games, and only a game actually, out of the final playoff spot at the midpoint of the season. Of course, Orlando was also smack dab in the middle of what would become an eight-game losing streak that would essentially knock them out of playoff contention. So, obviously things can turn south very quickly, and Orlando just like they were in 2016 in the middle of a four-game losing streak that, you know, with two tough opponents coming up, could get pretty nasty. So, no one's going to hide the reality of the situation. No one's going to hide the reality that the Magic are struggling right now and their season is, like I said yesterday, on the brink. Their season is on the edge right now. Orlando has to get some wins has to get some confidence, regain their footing, and get back into the playoff race. They're not out of it by any means. There's still something to play for, 
but only if they perform and play to the level that we should have come to expect them to play at. And that's important to remember. Things do look bleak. The Magic are headed in the wrong direction, but there is still a lot to play for. But what the Magic need first is consistency. That, that word is what eludes teams in the Magic's position. That's the word that keeps the team from reaching its potential, from being the group that it needs to be. The good teams are consistent. They play the same way every night no matter what. They could be missing shots. They still play well. The bad teams, the mediocre teams, the Magic are squarely a mediocre team. I'm not willing to call them bad. They're not tanking. They're not going to tank. They're too good to tank. They're a mediocre team. And some might say, oh, mediocre is the worst place to be. Get mediocre first, then worry about whether you need to sit, getting out of that. Magic need to be mediocre. But that's what eludes these kinds of teams, is that level of consistency. And so, as we look to name our second quarter, and, and incidentally also our first quarter MVP, you have to turn to a player that is your anchor. That is the guy who always delivers what the team needs. And it should be painfully obvious who it is. On this team, the MVP of the first half of the season, the MVP of the second quarter of the season, is none other than Nikola Vucevic. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It is at least somewhat surprising that Vucevic is still this player. Sure, we knew he could put up numbers. Sure, we knew what his offensive game was like. But we didn't think he could sort of elevate his game to another level that the Magic could still run their offense through him and find even a small measure of success. Honestly, we didn't know that if the team struggled, it would be on someone else. Nikola Vucevic, quite unfairly in my opinion, has been sort of the scapegoat for a lot of the Magic's ills over the last six years. This is a guy who has limitations as a player, sure, but has put in yeoman's work, has been kind of pushed aside and cast out by his own management and stayed very loyal. And when Steve Clifford arrived, he trusted Vucevic, put the ball in his hands, and ran the offense through him. Now, I can already hear the jeers saying, 
Oh, but the Magic's offense is actually one of the worst in the league. You just said that, and I did. But not when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor. The Magic's offense is actually pretty decent when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor. And it's pretty decent because of Vuce's varied offensive skills and, 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 his, and his talents there. But it's also pretty good because he just makes everything work. This year, Orlando has a 107.9 offensive rating when Nikola Vucevic is on the floor. Well above the team's 104.1 average. A 107.9 offensive rating for those keeping score at home. A 107.9 offensive rating would be 18th in the league. So, the Magic aren't world beaters. But, you know, if you're 18th in the league in offensive rating and, what, 14th in the league in defensive rating, and actually the Magic's defense is better with Fucevic on the floor as well, you're making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Forget whether that's good enough or not. You're making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. The Magic are undoubtedly better with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. And while he is is an expiring contract and will certainly be brought up as we get closer to the trade deadline, especially if the Magic continue to lose and continue to struggle. While all that is happening and would suggest that the Magic should trade Vucevic, I'm not certain they can afford to. Because Mo Bamba simply isn't ready to take over. And yeah, Orlando still wants to win. So, so long as the Magic have a chance of making the playoffs, Vucevic remains a vital player to the team's ultimate success. And it's because of that trait that I described. His consistency on both ends, for the most part, that this is true. In the second quarter of the season, so that's game 21 to game 40, Nikola Vucevic averaged 20 points per game, 12.7 rebounds per game, 3.8 assists per game, and shot 51.2% from the floor. His full season average is 20.2 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, and 52.9% shooting. Quite literally, Vucevic just puts up the same numbers every single night, it feels like, without much fanfare, or with very little fanfare for the most part. I can't remember how many times this year I have sat down to write a grade for Nikola Vucevic during during my post-game grades recap, and looked at his stat line, and it said 20, 12, 3, you know, 10 for 17 shooting, something like that. And I just said, you know, just kind of a ho-hum game for Nikola Vucevic. Just kind of did what he always does. That's how reliable Nikola Vucevic has become. That a 20-point game isn't astounding. What you expect from him. A double-double, long has been not astounding. But what's really changed about Nikola Vucevic this year is his defense. He is playing defense at a much higher level, at a much more active level, and is 
not a defensive liability at all, but actually a strong defensive presence for the team. While he doesn't have the rim protection or the ability to to block shots in highlight fashion, he keeps his hands active, gets into passing lanes, knocks passes away toward the rim, and it's just a deterrent. Steve Clifford's gotten gotten to calling him a lane protector. Not a rim protector, a lane protector. And his footwork and positioning defensively have been a hundred times better than they've ever been before. Fucevic still kind of falls into bad habits on occasion. Maybe takes a step off. You know, again, it's it's literally a half step. It's not very much between Nikola Vucevic being a good defender and Nikola Vucevic being a bad defender. It's not very it's not a very wide golf. But for the most but those instances are fewer and far between. Vucevic has been locked in defensively, is playing extremely well on that end, and adding in the offense. Nikola Vucevic should be an all-star this year. He has earned that moniker. He deserves it. Unfortunately, just like the stats, no accolades will or should come until the team wins, until the team starts winning. And the Magic just aren't there yet. And I think Vucevic would agree that all his numbers, all his statistics, the, the, the all-time lists that he's climbing are fine. But it doesn't mean anything if the team doesn't win. And that's been the part that continues to elude both him and the Magic. Orlando went 7-13 and during the second quarter of the season. They've lost 12 of their past 19 games. Or 12 of their past 17 games, excuse me. The East has been forgiving enough to keep them in the playoff race, but undoubtedly, the Magic are falling off the pace. The trends are not going the right direction. And like I said, after yesterday's game, or after uh, Wednesday's game, I wish Nikola Vucevic would have demanded the ball more. I felt like he was a little timid around Rudy Gobert, and that part still needs to change. But again, a game like he had Wednesday night is becoming rare. Nikola Vucevic is really the one guy on the entire team that the Magic can rely on every single night. He's the one guy who they know will make the right play, whatever it is, will produce will rebound, will defend. He is that anchor for this team, for better or for worse. I think mostly for better, but I mean, I think I don't think any of our conclusions have changed that drastically. So to be sure, to be sure, the Magic have a big decision coming up with Nikola Vucevic at the trade deadline and beyond. That doesn't go away. But in the context of this season, in the context of how the Magic are playing today, 
There is no one more important than Nikola Vucevic. And that's why he's the MVP of both the second quarter of the season as well as the first half of the season for the Orlando Magic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But it is time to turn forward, look ahead. We're done Look. I mean, for the most part, we're done looking back at the, at the first half of the season. There are some big questions left for the Orlando Magic to answer here in the third quarter of the season. The next 20 games very well could determine the path and direction not only of this season, but a big part of the franchise's future. Maybe that's being a little too melodramatic, but there are some big decisions that have to be made and some big questions that have to be answered over the course of the next 20 games. But let's start here. After Monday's loss to the Sacramento Kings, Steve Clifford really put the blame on himself for for not finding the right combinations and, and struggling to find a group within this roster that will help the team play a 48-minute game. It's no doubt this team's lack of depth is killing it right now. And so, honestly, the first big question the Magic have to ask themselves entering the third quarter of the season is where do you find a backup point guard? Where do you, where do you find a point guard at all? D.J. Augustin has been fantastic this year. It's not a knock on him. But undoubtedly, the point guard position has been a huge problem for the Magic all season long, as was predicted. As admirable as Augustin has played, there's been no answers behind him, and the Magic are simply abysmal when Augustin steps off the floor. Everyone knows this. The numbers do not lie. And so really... As the Magic get ready to enter this trade market, as the Magic get ready for the trade deadline, probably their biggest need and, and their biggest thing they're searching for, as has been reported actually, is to find a point guard. To find a backup point guard, to find a long-term point guard, to find a point guard. The Magic have tried Jaron Grant. They took a flyer on him over the offseason and it hasn't worked out. Grant's scoring is way down. He's not shooting effectively, which we expected. His defense has been okay, but doesn't really do it at the point guard position. So the Magic moved on. They tried Jonathan Simmons there. That didn't work out. They're now trying Isaiah Briscoe. Briscoe's spunky. He's you know a little bit of a spark plug. He's willing to mix things up physically, which is good. I think the Magic need that. But... The jury's still out whether that's the answer, and it's probably not a long-term answer. And so, yes, Orlando is looking for a point guard. And as they get into this trade market, 
if they're buying at the deadline, finding a point guard is surely item number one on the shopping list. Even if the Magic are shopping Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, certainly, certainly, a point guard is on the list of things that they're looking to acquire as a long-term asset or as a stopgap. Regardless of any of that, if the Magic want to make the playoffs, they must address this position. They must add some depth to this position. They must find a solution to this position. Because without it, this bench unit is going to starve. They are struggling as it is. And they don't really have a guy who can get them organized and get them going offensively unless DJ Augustin's in there. And you can't ask DJ Augustin to play 48 minutes. Question number two, of course, also has to do with the trade deadline. My second big question for this team in the next quarter of the season is what direction are the Orlando Magic going to go? The trade deadline strategy for the Magic is complex. Yes, they are a rebuilding team. So remember that first and foremost. They are a rebuilding team. They are not 100% interested in what happens this year. They're looking to develop young players. But any move they make will have a long-term vision behind it. The Magic are not about to give up their first-round pick or give up some other assets, some other long-term assets that they value to make the playoffs this year as the 8th seed. That's not the goal. Having said that, the Magic want to make the playoffs. And if they feel like they need to shore up the roster to get there, they will try and find something or someone that will help the team long-term and not cost them too much. So the Magic do have dueling desires at this trade deadline, as, as I think I've mentioned before. They want to win, but they don't want to sell the future. And they don't want to sell the present for something that isn't super valuable to their future either. The Magic, in my mind, are not going to trade Nikola Vucevic until they feel like they are out of the playoff race. And even then, I suspect, I know I would, I suspect that they want to try and keep Vucevic around just a hair longer because Mobamba is not ready to start. And Vucevic has been stupendous and extremely loyal and you want to repay that if you can. If it makes sense. And I think it does. But price and length matter and at the end of the day, the Magic do have to protect themselves. And if they feel like they won't be able to re-sign Vucevic this summer, then yes, trading him is a very real possibility. Again, unless the Magic feel they can make a playoff push. They're not going to make this team worse just to cash in on an asset. The risk of holding on to a guy who may walk to make the playoffs is worth it to them. If the Magic can make the playoffs, that would be a risk worth taking. So the next move the Magic make is still to be determined. 
I really think that the Magic will decide their trade deadline strategy, whether they're going to buy or sell, what, you know, what they're going to target, what kind of assets they're going to target. I believe they will make that decision in the next week and a half. Probably by the end of the, home, of the back-to-back home games next weekend. The Magic play Boston-Houston this weekend at home. They play Brooklyn-Milwaukee next weekend at home. So I think the Magic make that call, make that decision in the next week. And we'll probably see some rumors pop up. At this point, I just don't think the Magic have made their decision on what they want to do at the deadline. They'll get there, though. But how the Magic answer this question, how the Magic, A, perform on the court, whether they stay in the playoff race or not, and then how the front office responds at the trade deadline is central to what's going to happen in the third quarter of the season. And so finally for this show, my next big question is, how much, how much have, are Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba going to improve? The Magic are playing meaningful games, and that's good. But playing meaningful games does mean young players suffer a little bit. I Honestly, I think pressure games are more important than just throwing a guy out there for 30 minutes. So I'd rather have guys play a set role in a pressure pack situation because I think that will help them out more than playing in a game where they are free to make mistakes without much correction because there's no one else to play besides them. So, pressure minutes are good. But undoubtedly, Isaac's been a bit of a disappointment this year. His offensive game is much further along than we all thought, and his defense, while good, has had its ups and downs. In other words, I don't think we I think we expected Isaac to have some rough edges still and, and to play like a rookie, but this has essentially been a full rookie year for Jonathan Isaac. Last year was a red shirt year in essence, and, and that's unfortunate for him. So Isaac's going through this this growth phase, and so is Mo Bamba. Bamba has shown flashes of how good he can be, has shown, you know, what his size and length can do, but he's got a long way to to go physically just to make it in the NBA. And so the offense has had to run through Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustin. And to win games, it should. But if the Magic begin to fall out of the playoff race, you got to start asking yourself, what can these guys do? Now, obviously, I think anyone who's watched them play can, can see that they're not ready to play major high-usage minutes in the NBA. That's, that, that's, that's just not going to be their role yet. But Orlando needs to continue gathering information on what they can do. This is a forward-wing-heavy draft. Topped off by Zion Williamson, who is somewhere between a power forward and a center. And so if the Magic end up with a high draft pick or win the lottery, 
They need a better picture and a better understanding of where their young guys are at to figure out what they should do with that pick, wherever it ends up. And so this next 20-game stretch, they need to see Isaac and Bamba begin to show development improvement, round into form. They need to see their B.I.G. lineup take some steps forward. And, and Gordon's taken a ton of steps forward. I'd like to see his scoring become a little more consistent. See his aggression level and look and his ability looking to score, you know, continue to be unselfish, but look for his own a little bit more. This is a big 20 games for that for that piece of the puzzle. It's a big 20 games to figure out which direction the magic will go and just how far their core can take them right now. I said that we know a lot more about this Magic team when they got home from the West Coast trip, and we do. And again, it's feeling like this team is a little bit on shaky ground. So the next question is, how do the Magic prepare for the future while still finding results in the past, in in the present? And that's the big, big, big question for the Magic over the next 20 games. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget, too, you can ask your smart device, your Google, your Alexa, whatever it's called. Um, You can find the Locked on Podcast Network on there as well. Just ask them to play Locked on and the team you're looking for. Definitely check that out. Um, I don't have one of those devices, but uh, but um, supposedly they're the thing now. So so definitely check those out. That's going to do it for me today. The Orlando Magic will take on the Boston Celtics at the Amway Center on Saturday at 7. They'll take on the Houston Rockets on Sunday at 6. We'll have a complete recap of those games on orlandomagicdaily.com and, and on the podcast on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend, everyone. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.